is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. I'm a speaker and a career and executive coach, and today I'm delighted to welcome Teresa Lina to the show. Teresa will be talking about how to become differentiated, innovative, and more profitable. Teresa, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Welcome. Thank you, Caroline. I'm thrilled to be here and, and talking to your audience. You know, I, I love your book and I want to share with the audience that you've got extraordinary experience uh, as a recognized Silicon Valley thought leader and strategist. And, you know, today we're really going to unpack how to distinguish yourself and how to differentiate yourself. And I know that you created the framework for this methodology while you were working at Accenture. So bring me back and, and tell me that story before we really take that deep dive. Yes. So um, what actually happened is I, I I had worked at Accenture and then went off on my own to start a strategy, a, a strategy and a strategic marketing consulting firm. And I was consulting back to Accenture. And then uh, something else I had done throughout my period at Accenture and afterwards is acting lessons and um, and going to auditions and then in working with companies. And a theme that started to bubble up from all of this was the problem of trying to stand out in a crowded environment, in a crowded market, whether it was trying to stand out at an acting audition when you, know, you were in a a cattle call, a pack of people, or whether you were in a competitive situation with a bunch of other companies that all looked and sounded the same. And even with my own practice, my own consulting business. And I started to become fascinated by, you know, what is it that allows some companies to stand out or individuals for that matter, to stand out and really be distinctive in a market and command much higher prices than everybody else while the rest of the pack kind of languishes in that commodity, uh, you know, they're as part of a commodity where they're all competing on price. And um, one of the things I talk about in the opening of my book, which I know you read, was I was on the phone one day with a colleague, and she was telling me about her best friend who was commanding $50,000 a day to do effectively what we were doing. And, uh, you know, I was just blown away and I was so envious, but also incredibly inspired because I thought, wow, you know, how, how do you do that? And I actually set off on a research project to figure that out. And I went back and reverse engineered what we had done at Accenture. I, I had helped to start a new business unit serving the telecommunications industry at the time. And we had grown that into uh, what eventually became a multi-billion dollar business unit. And then I also was struggling with this issue in my own business, but watching other people successfully command high, higher prices. And also in the technology sector, which is extremely competitive. And so I, I looked for a pattern and did a bunch of research, interviewed hundreds of executives, uh, look back on my own experience, and that's when I codified everything I learned into a four-part framework, and that's what became what I talk about in my book, which is the Apollo Method for Market Dominance. 
And I'm I'm so excited to talk about this because you give incredible behind the scenes stories from the Apollo space program for one, Tesla and Disney and Apple, you know, these are household names, but let's, let's start simply. And then we'll take that deeper dive. So tell us what it means to be the go-to brand rather than the me to brand. Right. And that is my, my motto or my slogan, be the go-to, not a me too. And yes, yeah, so a go-to is that first name that comes to mind when you think about a particular market problem or issue going on out there. And um, a, the go-to is the, the, the one that people call on for that issue. It may be a person inside a company. It may be an attorney in, in a particular market. It may be a solopreneur doing digital marketing, or uh, it could be a company doing, you know, very complex, uh, offering very complex products and services to the market. But it's that first name that comes to mind. It's the, it's the one that people think of when they think of that issue and how to best solve it to get the best outcomes and results. And it's the one that people are willing to pay more for because they know they're going to get that exceptional result. So the go-to is that, um, you know, that, that name that we immediately gravitate toward and that everybody in the market gravitates toward. So it is the Disney, you know, Disney, Tesla, Apple, uh, you know, the, there's a long list of these companies that if you were to say, you know, family-friendly entertainment, you would think of Disney. If you say elegant, simple, innovative design for technology products, you would think of Apple. Um, if you think of, you know, uh, the coolest phone on the planet, you think of the iPhone. So it's that it's that one that pops into people's minds. But it goes beyond just mind share. They, they actually deliver a superior experience and, and offering that makes it worth it worth it to pay more. You know, I love the book's detail and it's a pragmatic recipe. And I just, uh, I'm smiling, right? We're on a podcast, but trust me, <laughs> I'm smiling ear to ear because my uh, listeners and I love action steps and tools, right? How do I put this into practice? So tell us a little bit about your approach of the Apollo method. Give us a glimpse of that so we can wrap our brains about around that pragmatic recipe for becoming the market's go-to brand. Yes, and I'm glad you mentioned that because my goal with the book was really to give give people everything they would need to go do this. You know, it's not a it's not a lead magnet, you know, it's not a, a kind of a a way to get people to come buy my products and services. I wanted people to go off and be able to do it. And um, there are four components to the framework. And on the surface, they're going to sound really almost obvious. Um, but when you get into the, you know, the devil is in the details. And also people often don't do even these four simple things. So the four, the four phases are launch, ignite, navigate, and accelerate. So in launch, you decide what is it I want to own? What, what market problem do I want to own? What do I want to be known as the go-to for? And you figure that out and you just de uh, develop a point of view around that problem and, and an approach for solving that problem better than anybody else. And then you put your stake in the ground and you say, you know, I intend to be the owner of this problem. So it's not about your offering as much as it's about the fact that you, know, you want to be the flag bearer for this particular issue in the market. The second piece, Ignite, 
is about leading a movement in the marketplace around your point of view and unique approach. So in launch, you've said, here's the problem I want to own. Here's what I think needs to be done about it. Here's how I unique here. Here's how we uniquely intend to solve the problem, or I personally uniquely intend to solve the problem. You go out into the marketplace and you evangelize on your point of view and your unique approach. Now, the big thing with Ignite is it's not so much about touting your product or service. The, the bigger part of it is about leading a movement around that issue. So for example, with Tesla and, and Elon Musk as sort of the key spokesperson for that company now, you know, he's out there talking about how important it is that we quickly get the planet onto electric renewable energy and electric technology and that we get gas powered cars off the road. So he's got a very clear point of view and he's out there evangelizing this all the time. And in the Ignite phase, I go into a lot of detail on strategies for not only how to get yourself out there um, being a Pied Piper around this market issue, but to also get other power brokers and influencers to be out there touting it on your behalf. So that's a lot of what sits inside the Ignite phase. The Navigate phase is where you actually have to walk your talk. So that's where you lead customers and clients on a journey toward the results that your unique approach promises. And this is, you know, where you actually have your offering and you actually deliver outcomes for your, for your buyers. You go out and sell and deliver. And then the fourth piece, Accelerate, Accelerate is about staying ahead of the pack. So even if you are completely unique when you get going on all of this, of course, Me Too's are going to fill up the market and come after you. So you want to accelerate to stay ahead of all of them by constantly evolving and looking out on the horizon and being ready for the next thing so that you're changing more quickly than they can catch up with you. And you're always ahead of everybody else. And then you also broaden your market, um, your market reach so that you're now you know, reaching more markets because a key part of the launch phase is focused in the beginning, focusing so that you can focus on a particular market and really become well-known in that market before you broaden too much and disperse your resources too much. So the Accelerate is about broad, you know, now that you've gotten traction in the market, when you get to the Accelerate phase, you broaden and, and move into additional markets. So those are the, that's kind of a recap of the four pieces. Fascinating. Teresa, we'll be right back after a quick break. Your working life is powered by your stories. We want to hear more from our listeners about your experiences in the workplace. Tell us what challenges you've overcome or tips you've learned along the way. And even better, if you don't have the answers, let us know what issues you want to know more about. We want this podcast to serve all of your working life needs. Send me an email at caroline at carolinedowdhiggins.com. So, Teresa, thank you for helping me and our listeners understand the Apollo method. And as you say, the, the Apollo method for market dominance. And I love the clarity there. So I, uh, I'm i hearing this and it makes absolute sense to me in organizations. But I believe, and you and I spoke before the show, that there's a wonderful relevance about 
personal brand and, and how we are perceived in the world and how we want to craft how others receive us as individuals, as professionals, as leaders. So how might this translate on a personal level? Yes, well, you can go out individually and do all of what's in the Apollo method just with yourself as the product or offering or what it is you do. Uh, you know, if you're a solopreneur, whatever it is you do for a living, you can go out and differentiate yourself by following the Apollo method for market dominance. If you're an employee within a company, you can also implement it by deciding what you want to be known for within the company. Do you want to be known uh, you know, is there and, and start off with what problem is there in the company that you want to be associated with and known for and sort of the, the chief problem solver around that particular issue, whether it's better use of data and analytics. Maybe it's you want to lead the charge on digital transformation for your organization. Maybe you want to lead the charge on diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging for your organization. Uh, maybe you want to lead the charge on helping your company be more present in the community. You know, whatever it may be, uh, pick a problem that you want to really be known for. If you feel that you're languishing in anonymity inside your organization, you can figure out what problem does our company really need to solve and be the key thought leader around that issue. Or you can do it for your industry. So you can go out and be a key thought leader and be the go-to in your industry around a particular issue uh, or market problem. So there are many ways to apply this, even as an individual. And you talk in the book about how some organizations, and of course, this is applicable to people as well, some folks just mess things up. So what are those things that we can avoid, right? What are the things you see over and over again that we as listeners can say, okay, Beware of that. Don't do that. Well, one big one is companies and people start with themselves instead of starting with the outside world and then look in. So, you know, they think about, well, what do we have that we can take to the market instead of what does the market need that we can help address and solve? Uh, you know, what do I want to do for myself versus what does my company need or what does my industry need and what's the overlap between what they need and what I have to offer and where can I really, you know, make a special mark for myself. So that's one issue. Another one is that they, they're too broad. So, you know, they, they try to be all things to all people and are therefore nothing to anyone. I think we've all heard a fra that phrase or some form of it. And so a key piece, as I said earlier, is focusing on, you know, what do, what's that, that, what's the tip of the spear? You know, what do you really want to be known for that people can clearly associate you with or your company with and where you can really get traction? And then, of course, broaden after that. But don't try to go broad and uh, in the beginning, um, you know, you, you never have enough resources, you never have enough money, uh, you never have enough time to tackle all markets and or even a big group of markets, uh, unless you're already established. So figure out how you want to focus. I think that's a that's a big one. And then I would say a third one is not having a point of view. So very often you'll hear companies or individuals talk about here's the problem, here's our solution. And instead, being the go-to is about being, your, your goal is to be associated with more than just your own solution, but rather, uh, you know, a message out to the marketplace, a vision for where the market needs to be going. 
Uh, Mark Benioff, for example, uh, has a software company called Salesforce, which many people have heard of, some people haven't. It's a customer relationship management software platform. But when he first came out, when that company was first starting, his whole mantra was, look, companies end up buying packaged software and then have to spend millions of dollars and hundreds of man hours, if not thousands, implementing it. And by the time they get done implementing it, they they have to start over again. We need to kill installed software. Software should be in the cloud. It should be uh, always being updated and available. And you should be able to just worry about your business's use of the software, not the software itself. And so he had a vision for putting software in the cloud. Today, we take it for granted. At the time, it was heresy and it was very controversial. But he had a vision for where the market needed to be going. He barely talked about his own solution. He was really leading the charge as a true thought leader around that issue. And so that's something I, I see a lot of people fail to do. Uh, you really want to be out there you know, with a, with a more meaningful message the way Elon Musk is. Great examples with uh, Musk and Benioff. Love that. So you also write that people are inefficient when they build a name for themselves in their market. Tell me more about this. How are they inefficient and how can they become more efficient? Well, that was a big reason for why I codified this into a true methodology as opposed to, you know, it's funny, I didn't actually necessarily want to write the book because it's a huge investment of time and effort and, and promoting it and letting people know about it. And I kept waiting for others in the market to talk about this, but all I often saw when it came to strategy or marketing books was this hodgepodge of stuff you should be doing, but there was no logic behind how it all hung together. And as a result, a lot of companies end up being incredibly efficient in how they approach these things. And a metaphor I like to use is a pile of Legos, Lego pieces laying in a big pile on the floor are, are useless and very inefficient and they actually get in your way. Um, but if you organize them into an object, a wall, a wall can do a lot of things. It can keep the enemy out. It can protect you. It can, um, protect, you know, uh, it can give you a structure in which to build your city uh, or your garden or whatever it may be. And you can also make objects out of Legos and they actually turn into something powerful. So it's the same with our strategy and, and marketing and, and operational and execution tactics is too often people just throw a bunch of stuff at the wall to see what sticks. And instead, this offers a structured way to go about all of those activities in a way that shows how they logically fit together, how they logically support each other, and how you can stay focused on the most powerful ones that get you the furthest, the fastest, instead of a whole lot of other extraneous activities that aren't particularly powerful. Teresa, I learned so much from you today. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and expertise. Let me tell our global audience the name of your book so they can go out and buy it right away. It's called Be the Go-To, How to Own Your Competitive Market, Charge More, and Have Customers Love You for It. And of course, it's available on Amazon and all major book retailers. Teresa, I wish you continued success and, and I hope you'll join me again on a future show. Oh, I would love to, Caroline. It's been so wonderful talking, and I, uh, I wish the best for you and for everyone in your audience. Thank you. 
And if you like the show, subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or SoundCloud. And even better, leave us a review because this helps new listeners find us online. And let me know what career-minded issues you would like for me to feature on a future show. You can find me on Twitter at C. Dowd Higgins. And a special thanks to my podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for making this show awesome for our global audience. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening.